This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, friends? Welcome into episode 34 of Press Pass. I'm Kayla Anderson. And along with me, my co-host, Gabriella Giovanni And Ella, how was your weekend? I saw that you were in the New York City. I was. I was. My weekend was great. My best friends from college, one is, actually two were in New York, one's in North Jersey. So it was a common place for us all to meet and hang out for the weekend, which was always very nice, of course. I'm actually in a hotel right now so if you hear sirens or traffic or anything like that (laughs) i apologize because it is so loud outside there might be some background noise hey i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fault you for that because i know like when i'm traveling too i swear i've always got like the atmosphere happening around Mm -hmm. me because last weekend when you were or last week when you were in omaha when we were all kinds of technical difficulties yeah Thank you to the Wi-Fi in Omaha, Nebraska. Yeah, thanks. Uh, We were in, I was at my hotel and it was so early in the morning because we get our days started so early when we're on assignment. And I kept on having issues with my internet. And it was so funny because I was like texting Ella while we were in our system that we use here to record. And I'm like, and I'm out of the system again. So (laughs) I'm going to have to come back in. But needless to say, we got it done. Yeah. And needless to say, that trip ended extremely well in Omaha as Vanderbilt wins their second national championship in baseball. And it was definitely just such a sight to see these young men and head coach Tim Corbin and his wife just celebrating what they truly deserved. Uh, which was a national championship. So congrats again to that incredible team. Definitely a once in a lifetime experience and event to cover. It looked amazing. Yes, it was very fun. It was everything I thought it would be. It's, it was one of those on my bucket list things, Ella. And I'm so thankful that I was able to cover it. So it was really cool. Well, Kayla, we both had great weekends, but the weekend wrapped up basically insane in the sports world, right? NBA free agency kicking off on Sunday night. So technically speaking, free agency began on Sunday at 6 p.m., right? Right. By 6.30, it felt as though the NBA had absolutely exploded. Yes, it it, it pretty much almost did. I think my (laughs) thumbs were going numb from scrolling and tweeting and – because you're like so overstimulated at that point and just waiting for the next thing to drop, you can't step away. It was insane. It was like NBA free agency occurred in less than 12 hours. I mean, we still haven't heard from a few, but the big ones all happened so quickly. Of course, we need to talk first about the chaos that is New York, right? The Brooklyn Nets wrapping up Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, as well as DeAndre Jordan. The Knicks doing absolutely nothing they haven't done anything in the past 
20 years, but this was their time to shine, okay? And yeah. they totally bombed. Stink bombed it up, while Brooklyn, on the other hand, instantly turned their whole franchise around. Yeah, it was crazy to see just within five minutes when Woj dropped the bomb before the trade uh, free agency, I should say, even started that this was all happening. And you could just tell like from Twitter, just Knicks fans, just, just devastated. Like literally like just very, there's Knicks grapes. fans even left. Is well, insane. even, I don't know if you watched any of Stephen A. Smith this morning because oh. he's a, he's obviously a Knicks fan. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, that guy, like, I know some people enjoy listening to him. I personally can't listen to him for that long, but it was really interesting to see, like, he was devastated, like, for real. Mm -hmm. Like, it wasn't even, like, an act. I think he was just so extremely, like, this was the last thing that, you know, you you could see maybe something happening, and then they went and just bombed it. Just to see the devastation, you know, of, like, this is completely gone to Brooklyn's city with this move. It's over, and it's crazy. I mean, players would have the opportunity to play in Madison Square Garden for the New York Knicks, and they can't get anything. And and really, I don't think it's a matter of players not wanting to play there. You know, it's obviously no. a front office issue. And, you know, there was a lot of talk about them not wanting to take the gamble on Kevin Durant because of his injury and the question of his health. But people recover from the type of injury he had. There's plenty of people that have done what he has done to his Achilles and they're right. fine. Obviously, it's a long road. Obviously, he's not playing this year, but you're the New York Knicks. What exactly do you have to lose to just roll yeah. the dice, maybe? Bring him in. I mean, the dude has won NBA championships. He has been finals MVP. He played for the Golden State Warriors, so winning is not unfamiliar territory to him. I just, you know, they went and drafted RJ Barrett in the NBA draft. So, why not? Why not roll the dice? Yeah, you have to scratch your head when these kind of things happen. And that's what we were reading about was the fact that they were questionable about this injury and is he worth that much? But at this point, they just, I don't think they have another choice. I mean, so they pretty much just stepped down and said, here you go. If this was a battle, they would have literally waved the flag, you know, and said, here, go ahead and just win this whole thing. And that, and Brooklyn, I mean, let's be honest, like, what is Brooklyn? No no offense to any Nets fans out there. But I mean, I don't, when I think of NBA, I don't think of the Brooklyn Nets. No. Okay. Maybe we will be in the next few years. But we perhaps, perhaps we could be, and it'll be interesting, I think, with Kyrie Irving joining Mm -hmm. Durant, you know, Irving's history. It has not been great with places that he has been. I mean, you had that one year that he won the title with LeBron, but then you saw that relationship go sour. Boston was a disaster. Right. And then... That was actually the first thing I thought when I saw... Didn't surprise me Kyrie was going to the Nets, but when I saw KD was headed to the Nets, I thought, uh uh-oh, locker room trouble. Because those are two big personalities, two guys that both have been there, done that, and they do it their way, right? I mean, Kevin Durant's coming from a locker room culture where they win. They're used to winning. He's on a team with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, right? But if Kyrie doesn't clean up whatever the issue is inside a locker room, because obviously (laughs) it's it's an issue and it's very clear, there's going to be problems in Brooklyn and they might be regretting going with 
Kevin Durant if if Kyrie is you know their born again savior in the city yeah no it'll be interesting to see that it will also be interesting Ella to see what goes on in the opposite place that where Kevin Durant came from which Mm -hmm. is Golden State because hey now they signed the former Ohio State Buckeye who I covered at Ohio State Mm -hmm. D'Angelo Russell to a four-year 117 million dollar deal he's joining the Warriors the biggest thing is Clearly, Clay is not going to be back until February, March, probably. So at first, this looks like it makes sense because you got D'Angelo in the backcourt there with Steph Curry. I could see that maybe working. But then once Clay gets back, my big question is, does that make sense? Yeah, I, I don't know. I was a little stunned by that signing for sure. Obviously, D'Lo was going somewhere, right? Especially after the Nets went and picked up Kyrie and KD and D'Angelo Russell was a free agent, there was a next city, a new city in his future. So I was surprised it was Golden State. I don't know what to expect. I really don't know. But for a second, you took a deep breath and you thought, wow, Golden State, I mean, they lost KD. What are they going to be? What's going to happen? And then they reload. So I don't know. And here's the thing, Ella, and I don't know if you noticed this. When I covered Russell at Ohio State, he was only there one year, so we didn't really get to know him that well. But he was no. a quiet—he was a quiet kid. He—he wasn't—he yeah. wasn't ever a jerk to the media. But I feel like he changed real quickly once he joined when he was drafted by the Lakers, and you saw all the drama that went down with the Lakers with him. And since then, I just—I look at him and I don't see a guy who's really a great team guy. And maybe I'm wrong, but I just, he doesn't come across as being very mature yet. He's still, I think, kind of that immature guy who just got one year of experience and then blew up. So I I definitely don't view him as a leader, right? I don't know. But maybe he learns here. But leader maybe isn't it. I mean, someone who has growing up to do or maturing to do, the place to do it probably is Golden State in a veteran locker room. I mean, you're yeah. going to be with Stephen Curry. That's what I think. And so maybe this is a good thing just for D. Russ in terms of his, you know, growing up and, and actually mm-hmm. being a leader in this in this league because eventually he's going to have to be. I mean, the guy's got the talent. We know that. Right. But I just want him to be a, a better teammate, you know. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to. So maybe this will help him. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, other <laughs> other notable trades, obviously, Jimmy Butler – the Miami Heat, yep. JJ Redick to the Pelicans, two Love Sixers it. moving on. Redick to the Pels, they are They're stacked, loaded. man, stacked. It's kind of unbelievable what they've done. But obviously, the big name we're all waiting on Oof. is Kawhi Leonard. I love it. He's just like kicking back. Everything goes down oh, last on Fury in the world. <laughs> yeah, on Sunday he's probably kicking up his feet, like smoking a cigar, being like, "All right, I'll make my decision sometime next week." You know? Oh my gosh, I know. So it's so we're this is the three teams that I think he's obviously looking at. Toronto. It's, does he stay there? He's eligible for a five-year, $190 million deal with the Raptors, if that's the case. Okay. And then the other two places are in LA because clearly right. he's from the Southern California area. So would he join the Lakers and, and this super team is created or does he go, does he go to the Clippers? I mean, I honestly don't know what's going to happen, Ella. I, 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 have I, no I don't idea. have a clue. I mean, if he goes to the Lakers, 
all hell's breaking loose, okay? LeBron's back in number six. You got Kawhi, oh, AD, and LeBron. It's over. <laughs> it would be nuts. I mean, it would just be fun to watch, but I, oh, I, really, would. Don't, I really don't know. I know. It's like we were talking about it in the sports office the other day, and we're like, who the heck's the guard? I mean, obviously LeBron can play right. that position, but you don't see him as that full-time guard, you know, no, just because no. he's getting older and he doesn't have – he, you know, he's got a little wear and tear on him. So that would just be interesting just to watch that unfold if that does happen. Definitely. Definitely. All right. Well, let's switch gears here and let's go to our second topic of our three pointers and let's chat about a little bit of free agency in the NHL. It's been a crazy time for people getting paid. I know. I'm like, I wish I had all this money. (laughs) Well, first of all, the big news coming out of this week is one of the guys that was on the radar for uh, a couple teams to sign was, of course, Matt Duchesne, the center that played in Columbus this past season. He has landed right here in Nashville, agreeing to a seven-year, $56 million contract through the 2025-26 season. And the Predators, I will say this, have had a long-time love affair. I should say they both kind of have this love affair with each other. Matt Duchesne, is, he's a country guy. He loves country music. He actually plays the guitar and sings. He has a house here. So I think this has always been a potential landing spot for him, but it was always like, okay, when is the time going to be right? And obviously this was the right time. And the Predators really do think that this is the move that's going to get them to the Stanley Cup because they need to score. They do. And they need that extra push, and he may be it. Because look what he did when the Blue Jackets picked him up in the middle of last season. He was that extra push in the postseason. That postseason, I truly believe, would have went a little differently for the Blue Jackets if it wasn't for Matt Duchesne, right, and all that he did. He made an impact. Whether he was scoring or not, he was that extra jolt that team needed. And I think Nashville sees that same type of jolts coming to – the music city as well and hoping he will be the guy to help give them that extra step that they need because they just keep falling just a little short every mm-hmm. year they get so close but can never close the deal and he may be the guy that helps them do that yeah and they've always had that really good defensive core and you know when they had pk Subban, they have roman yossi and and guys like that they were scoring defensively but that kind of just isn't the way the league is going Right. And they need some of that offense up front. And so I think that this could be the right move. Now it's all about can he perform? He's got that big contract now. He's going to be comfortable where he is. Could he go out there and take care of business? So we'll have to see about that. Well, he left the Blue Jackets. Two others that yeah. are a huge loss, Kayla, Sergei Bobrovsky, Yep. Signed seven years, $66.5 million with Florida. And obviously Panarin, That's a, yep. they're both just tough, tough, tough to see go for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Panarin to the Rangers, seven years, $81.5 million deal. Great pickups for Florida and and New York. But again, huge loss for the Blue Jackets. And they, they have some work to do. They have their work cut out for them during this free agency period. Yeah, I feel bad for Columbus because it is a smaller market in in terms of the National Hockey League. And I will say this about Sergey and Panarin. The thing is, is, you know, they're Russian and I know that their wives were very big into going in particular spots. Mm -hmm. So I know both of their wives really wanted to be by bodies of water. So down in Florida, obviously, you've got 
that area close to you with bodies of water. And then I think in New York, clearly you've got, you know, you got the ocean right there. And so that's kind of a culture thing. And Mm -hmm. unfortunately, Columbus didn't have that. I mean, Columbus is a a great city. It's one of my favorite cities that I've ever lived in. But it's not for a lot of these guys that get to the point of their career where their wives start to be like, okay, we need stuff that we want to have. Right. We've got a life sometimes. Yeah, it is the money that you're making. Someone's got to be happy where they are, right? Yeah, and it just goes to show. I mean, last night, last last minute, the CBJ, I guess, offered Panarin just like a ton of money, mm-hmm. and he turned it down. I mean, so it just goes to show that it is more about the quality of life for that culture, you know, and for them, that's what they wanted to do. They wanted to be in cities by water, uh, you know, bigger cities. So that's what happened. So we'll have to see what happens with the Blue Jackets. But it sucks to see all these people go. But that's a business. That's that's what happens in, in the National Hockey League and any pro sport. Well, Kayla, do you know what the worst sound in the world is? What? It's your alarm clock if you haven't gotten enough sleep. I, I hate when my alarm goes I off know. in the morning. How many times you hit the snooze button No matter how much you love the song on your phone, when it wakes you up in the morning, you just want it to stop. But now imagine this scenario, the surface temperature of your bed gradually adjusts to wake you up gently and naturally without the sound of the alarm. Imagine now waking up rested and alert. Not science fiction. This is the new pod by 8sleep. Well, the pod by 8sleep is high-tech bed designed specifically to help you achieve your optimal sleep fitness. And there's a reason why Time Magazine calls 8 one of the best inventions of the year. It combines dynamic temperature regulation and sleep tracking to enhance your rest and recovery. It learns your sleep habits and adjusts the temperature automatically. So that means if you like the bed cool, your partner likes the bed warm, now you can have both at the same time in a crazy comfortable bed. So Ella, no more alarm clocks. And to celebrate Independence Day, get a free gravity cooling blanket plus free shipping with your pod purchase, a $300 value free. Offer ends Monday, July 8th. Visit 8sleep.com slash bluewire. That's 8sleep.com slash bluewire. 8sleep.com slash bluewire. Joining us now for the assist, we welcome senior staff writer and editor, as well as online host for the New England Revolution, my good friend, Jeff Lemieux. Welcome, man. What's up? I am so excited to be here. I Thank you so much for having me. This is, this is pretty sweet. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you. Uh, Jeff, the MLS season making it to the halfway mark just about while the U.S. men's national team are moving on to the semifinals against Jamaica on Wednesday night. After one nothing win in the quarterfinal round on Sunday, it wasn't as pretty as their dominating performance against Trinidad and Tobago last week, especially that second half, but they got the result. Are there still concerns for you looking at the national team that's assembled right now? There are for me looking at that performance last night. I think no question. I don't think there are a whole lot of American soccer fans who looked particularly (laughs) at that result last night and the performance came out of it feeling great about where the U.S. national team is right now. Look, I understand that they're heading into the semifinals and they haven't conceded a goal in the competition. And when you take that on the face of it, that sounds great. Oh, the U.S. are in the semifinals of the the CONCACAF Gold Cup without conceding a goal. But 
looking at the, you know, just the eye test last night against Curacao, it just, the first 15, 20 minutes or so were, were okay, created some chances. But from then on, Curacao on American soil were the better side for large portions of that match. Mm-hmm. And when you're the U.S. national team and you're coming off of missing the 2018 World Cup and you're trying to get yourself back onto a respectable platform, not only on the world stage, but on the regional stage, you had to come out in this competition and, and not just have a deep run. You had to look good doing it. And, and right now, when you look at that performance last night, if Curacao had scored a, a goal in that second half, it would yeah. have been deserved. I mean, Curacao deserved very mm-hmm. much to be in that game. So, yeah, I think I think a lot of American soccer fans came out of that game last night and looked at that performance against Curacao and said, you know what, we, we got some questions about Greg Berhalter and, and this, uh, this talent pool moving forward. So there's a lot of time to kind of work things out as they move forward, but we're going to be hitting World Cup qualifying relatively soon, and there are going to be some, some games in World Cup qualifying that are going to be a lot more difficult than Curacao at home. Well, and you spoke of Greg Berhalter. I covered him for three years in Columbus, and he did a great job with Columbus Crew SC up there. Obviously named the head coach of the U.S. men's national team back in December after a long search for the next leader of this national team. Is Berhalter one of the big keys to turning it around? And do you think there is some confidence and hope under Berhalter? Or is the soccer world just going to be uneasy no matter what in terms of whoever the head coach is? For, to qualify for that 2022 World Cup. Yeah, I, I understand from an American soccer fan perspective, a lot of American soccer fans wanted U.S. soccer to go out and make a huge splash with their head coach signing. I know a lot of people wanted them to bring someone in along the lines of a, a Jose Mourinho or something like that just to, just to mm-hmm. kind of turn heads. But I was someone who was – I was good with the Greg Berhalter hire, and, and I continue to be good with the Greg Berhalter hire. As you mentioned, this is a guy who – has a ton of coaching experience. He knows the American player. He knows the American game. He had success coaching at a club level in Europe. He had success coaching in MLS. And, and not only did he have success coaching with Columbus, but he did so by by instilling a system that, that worked regardless yeah. of which players he had in the field. And, and the players all bought into the system, and the system worked. I don't think that... We necessarily have to wait for the U.S. to qualify for a World Cup for people to buy in. I think there was a huge opportunity for people to buy in at this CONCACAF Gold Cup. You know, Berhalter came in. Uh-huh. And I, I think U.S. soccer did a great job of, of kind of selling people on why Berhalter was the right guy. They did a lot of behind-the-scenes features on, on how he was changing the culture, how he was instilling his philosophy. And they came out, got some great results to start. You know, they didn't concede a goal in, I don't know, the first four or five games under Burhalter, And they looked, they looked like they were developing a system. They were heading in the right direction. But, you know, the, these pre-Gold Cup games, a 3-0 loss to Venezuela on home soil, a 1-0 loss to Jamaica on home soil, kind of. And I, and I get the lineups in those games were, were a little different. They were using some different lineups. And, and there's going to be a trial and error period with, with Greg Berhalter with, with trying right, out different systems and, and trying different players and all of this. But it just it just it hasn't been super convincing in this Gold Cup. And I think if it had, I think if they'd had some convincing performances in this competition, they roll to the final and you give Mexico a, a good showing in the final and either you beat Mexico or at least you show you're competitive with Mexico in the final, I think there are a lot of people who would have been willing to buy in right then. 
Uh, I, I think that mm-hmm. maybe has gone by the wayside with with a couple of the performances in this competition. But you know, you're you're going to get into World Cup qualifying where there are going to be some games like I mentioned. You're going to have to eventually. You're going to go on the road to places like Panama and Honduras and Haiti, and that's oh, yeah. where the real test is going to come in for this team. Because if if you're struggling, if you're struggling at home in the Gold Cup, some of those games might give them a little bit of a bigger test than than these games are. Well, let's shift gears a little bit to a team that is in the World Cup. That is the U.S. women's national team who are absolutely dominating on this stage. They are definitely living up to expectations, but boy, are they doing it in historic fashion. Even though they were expected to go far, I think their pure domination and the way that they are making women's soccer so popular in the U.S. is what has made their run even more remarkable. Yeah, I think that's what I think that's what Americans love about this women's national team is how dominant they are, right? It's not just that they're the best team in the world. It's that they are dominant in doing so. And Americans love winners. I think that's why every four years the American sports landscape for a little bit ends up being dominated by this women's national team because they are so good and they are so dominant on the national level. And there are a lot of American sports fans will say, what sport is it? It's the World Cup where we're expected to dominate and win. I can get behind that for sure. And then they start to watch this game and they see right. they see how talented these athletes are and how dominant they are at this sport and it's easy to to kind of get enveloped in the in this competition and in this team for a month the challenge obviously is translating the interest from the women's game at the international level at the world cup where the women's national team the u.s team is so dominant to translating it to the domestic game because a lot of fans probably mm-hmm. don't realize that megan rapino and tobin heath and Alex Morgan, these athletes are playing in a domestic league in the NWSL. And people can go out and see these yeah. athletes play locally all year. But the yeah. interest doesn't necessarily translate from the international game to the domestic game. In some places like Portland, where the Portland Thorns sell out all of their games, it, th- that <laughs> yeah. interest does yeah. translate. But in some places like my hometown yeah. in Boston, where we lost the Boston Breakers, the team folded. That interest, while the interest in the national team was there and the World Cup was there, it just wasn't translating to the domestic level. So it's fantastic to see every four years this women's national team dominate on the international stage and to see the support that the women's game gets during this World Cup. But that challenge becomes translating it beyond every four years and, and having it be you know, a real interest in the women's game year round. Well, the women have obviously set such a standard for how the U.S. plays on that international stage. We all know the men's team and the narrative there not qualifying for the World Cup. Does a women's success maybe light a fire on the men's side that would have to get, you know, to rise to playing at that level of the women? I'm not comparing, you know, the game and the teams they play, but does it kind of just kind of light a fire maybe under this team saying, hey, the women continue to have success. We're just struggling to reach just a point of consistency. Yeah, I think maybe at this particular moment, for sure. I think in general, not necessarily because the women's national team has right. been so dominant for so long. And you go back to the, the first World Cups and you know the early 90s and, and the U.S. was so dominant then. So that's kind of always been there. And I think there is common understanding that you know the level of competition, obviously, on the men's side and, and the breadth of competition is a little bit different than it is on the women's side. And the women's game is getting there. I mean, we see seven yep. of the eight quarterfinalists in this year's Women's World Cup are from Europe, and they're, you're really starting to see the buy-in from the European Federation. So eventually that competition level 
is going to get there on the women's side as well. But there is, I think, an understanding of the difference in terms of the competition level. But at this very moment, I think there's no question with the U.S. having missed the World Cup last year, with them currently kind of stumbling a little bit at this Gold Cup. Again, I get it. They're in the semifinal and haven't conceded a goal. But, you know, there are going to be question marks about this talent pool and, and kind of where this team is. When you have that running concurrently to the U.S. women's team, steamrolling their way to the World Cup semifinal and taking down the number two team in the world, their home soil, at the same exact time, yeah, I think for sure, in context right now, it definitely puts a little extra (laughs) pressure on the men's side. Well, Jeff, you're a rock star, star, as per usual, soccer (laughs) knowledge, out of this world. Thank you for coming on. For people that want to follow along on social media and follow all your content, always pumping out great content for the Revs. The website where obviously all of our content goes out is www.revolutionsoccer.net. So you can go there, get all of our content. Unfortunately, you're going to see a lot of my face. So that's the downside. But the plus side is (laughs) Revolution content. But on social media, Twitter, at Jeff underscore Lemieux. Just take a guess at the name. Just start hitting the keyboard. Eventually, you'll get all the letters. Uh, it's L-E-M, <laughs> L-E-M-I-E-U-X, like Mario. So I, I tweet about mostly about soccer, but I throw I throw some other random uh, sports opinions in there as well. So yeah, give me a follow, and then if, if it's not working for you, you can unfollow me a couple of days. <laughs> well, great content on there, and obviously – you know, being a young student first out of college and showing up on the soccer scene right after I graduated and college spit me out. You were the person that taught me everything I know about soccer and held my hand the whole way and let me ask the dumbest questions the whole entire <laughs> time. And I'll always appreciate that so much. And now, honestly, we, we were lucky to have you in New England for the time that we did. And I wish we could still have you there. We miss you in New England. But I understand that it was selfish of us to try to keep Gabriella Di Giovanni just limited to soccer. We had to let you, we, we were keeping you away from the rest of the sports world and it, and it wasn't fair. So I'm glad, I'm glad that you, you get to now expand and, and the rest of the sports world gets to have their, their fill of Gabriella Di Giovanni. Well, Jeff, thank you so much. You're awesome. And thanks for joining you too. us. We really appreciate it. Thank thanks you. so much for having me. Bye. Bye. Okay, well, when you're selling online, getting your orders can be a real pain. That's why you need ShipStation.com. It's the fastest, easiest, and most affordable way to manage and ship orders. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, or your own website, ShipStation brings you all the orders into one simple interface. ShipStation helps you get your orders out quickly, save money on shipping costs, and keep your customers happy. And right now, Press Pass listeners can try ShipStation free for 60 days when you use promo code BLUE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card info. ShipStation works with all of the major carriers, including USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon Fulfillment. So you can compare and choose the best shipping solution for you and your customer. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in BLUE. That's ShipStation.com, then enter promo code BLUE, ShipStation.com, make ship happen. Well, Kayla, again, I'd like to thank Jeff Lemieux for coming in for the assist today, but while we're still on the topic of soccer, I want to kickstart outside the lines with a fun fact. 
from the World Cup. I don't know if you saw this on social media. It was going around over the weekend. But the Women's World Cup home jersey is now the number one soccer jersey, men or women's, ever sold on Nike.com in one Mm -hmm. season. If that is not telling you they're just killing it on and off the field, I don't know what does. No, it absolutely is. I saw that yesterday, actually, when I was watching the men play. And I was just amazed with the fact that this is, I'm not amazed. I mean, it doesn't surprise me, but this is like the real thing. I mean, the women, this is what the impact they're having on just the world and the game in general. Right. I mean, I've talked to so many people, men, women, whatever, and they're just like, glued into these matches you know they they're so interested in it and that's why you know there's there's talk about well why are the women you know asking for more money and they they need to now this is the time they need to ask for more money Mm -hmm. because this is this they're making this money they're bringing in money for the sport so this is the time you hop on it and you say give us some more money give us more pay yep so when i saw that i read that i was amazed I was happy really thrilled for what they're doing I just want to see them go all the way I want them to win it I do too and hopefully you know they can get they can get their their team to just keep on doing what they're doing I know Megan Rapinoe has been really the the warrior yeah she's been the warrior for this team and hopefully they can get a couple more of those ladies to step up and take it all the way because I just I can't imagine the excitement for the U.S. if that happens So it's time for our final uh, knockout round. And I would just say that, well, it's that time of year that you can tell things slow down a bit. But I do want to say that I am blessed that we have soccer to cover. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, usually not all the time this time of year, we have the World Cup and all, you know, the Gold Cup action. So I'm just excited that we have a sport that we don't usually get to talk about as much that we're getting to touch on a little bit more. I love it. And it's exciting things that we're talking about in the world of soccer, right? It's not all bad and ugly like it was last year with the men's team. It's exciting things. The women are representing the country on the biggest stage in the best way possible. And it's been a lot of fun. It has. Well, Ella, where can the people go to follow us and, of course, to subscribe to our Press Pass podcast? So if you're listening on iTunes, press that subscribe button. Leave us a rate or review. As always, we'd love to hear from you. And on social media at Press Pass Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our personal accounts at Ella Didge and at Kayla Anderson TV. All right. Well, we are blessed to have you guys again tuned in for another episode. And we've got much, much more coming up in the few, in the months to follow, I should say. We've got some more exciting news, so we'll keep you updated on that. But for now, you guys have a great week. Hey, happy 4th of July, people. Let's celebrate America's independence. Yes, we love the red, white, and blue. And you guys have a safe 4th of July. Take care. Hey, guys, it's Mike. As you know, I adopted my pup, Rocky, from a local rescue. When people ask me what kind of dog Rocky was, I was always stumped. I used an Embark Dog DNA test to decode my most puzzling questions about Rocky. You can also learn about your dog's inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlock over 350 breeds and screen for over 200 genetic health risks. Save $50 on a breed and health kit with promo code KIT at EmbarkVet.com. Again, that's promo code KIT.